Hello, and welcome to episode six of Chewing the Fat, with me, Phil Cobbley. And me, Adam Furman. Uh, and we've got, got a pretty good episode ahead of us, haven't we? We have, <laughs> if we do so. so. <laughs> it's, it's pretty cool. Um, we've got a brilliant guest, um, fantastic guest of Alexis Brignoni, uh, Briggs to some. Um, or Alex, so we found out that it gets called all sorts of things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it does, yeah. Um, so we've got a fantastic interview with him, um, whilst also not having realised that he was doing an interview with Forensic Focus. Yeah. <laughs> so we've purposely, um, we've, we're going to include a link to that, because we do mention it, so we'll put a link to the, the interview we did with, um, with Krista Miller um, over at Forensic Focus. Um, so we've specifically avoided the same question. Yeah, we didn't want to do the pay, did we? <laughs> no. Um, so, uh, so yeah, uh, we've got that coming up, and we've got some really cool industry news as well. Yeah. Um, and he did give us a faux pas as well, didn't he? He did. And, um, yeah, you also did the show introduction, didn't you? I did. I did. I completely forgot that we do the intro separately, and... Uh, yeah, we when we started speaking with Briggs, I kind of was like, and welcome to episode six. And it's yeah. like, idiot. I, yeah. <laughs> so, know, I wasn't thinking. Was it? Uh, not a forensic faux pas, but a podcast faux pas. Podcast faux pas. <laughs> so, um, yeah, the fact that when you start listening to the pa- that part, just ignore me saying yeah. that. Just, yeah, pretend I didn't do it. Um, yeah, I clearly wasn't thinking. No. Wasn't, yeah, wasn't um, it? It before we get into the news, what awesome item did you order? this week ah yes so uh, we were chatting Adam and I were chatting uh, and uh, we've ordered some laptop stickers for chewing the fat yeah um, so we've got a bunch coming there's two different variations um, Briggs was excited about it we're sending him some yeah. <laughs> um, might have to send some to all our previous guests, guests as well yeah, yeah so uh, any of the previous guests we'll, we'll drop you we'll drop you an email we'll get in yeah. touch see if you want one um but yeah, um, so hopefully in the in the next show we'll be able to display some of yeah, the... Yeah, uh, we might have nice stickers. Stickers yeah. on the back of the uh, machines, the laptops, tablets. Yeah. Um, so very excited about that. Um, and maybe we could do a competition and you can win some or something. Yeah. Who knows? We don't know what we're going to do with them yet. Yeah. Um, because we've got loads. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we have to bulk order them, I don't know. Um, so we'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, so... Industry news. Let's yeah. crack on with the industry news. Um, first on the list, the uh, this is a paper that you found, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's um, by Graham Horseman, um, who's a university lecturer. He's published a paper, and it's free, about digital evidence and the crime scene, mm. um, exploring the concept of devices being digital witnesses, which is a good, yeah. good, good concept. Um, it's a very good read, um, and it's free. Yeah. So definitely Absolutely. recommended. Uh, it's from the El Sevier that paper publishing yeah. place yeah so we'll get the link down down below as always um, also Microsoft have released if anyone uses the sysadmin or the sysinternals tools sorry the sysinternal tools um, with Microsoft they've now released a new version uh, for Linux so you can actually get the sysinternals tools on Linux machines yeah. you've got a couple of dependencies you need to install before you can actually run it um, but it's built by Microsoft. They've done it specifically so that any Linux administrators can utilize the tools across their networks and on their yeah. systems. And they are cool, cool tools. So. They are very, very cool tools. Um, uh, and also, just on that note, the Sys internal tools are now available on the latest version of the Microsoft Store as well. Yeah. So in Windows, you can literally just open up the Microsoft mm-hmm. Store, install them, they're free, obviously. Um, and it, because they're part of the Microsoft Store, 
uh, Windows will always keep them up to date with the latest versions, so which is pretty cool. Yeah, nice find. Mm. Um, then we've got uh, Kevin Pagano's um, blog, yeah, which was related to CTFs that he's been doing recently. The Celebrate CTFs. If you've taken part in that, hope you did okay. Um, but yeah, he's, following that, he's produced a blog talking about Samsung power logs. Yeah, power off and reset logs. Mm. Um, and I think Alexis actually shared that he... I don't know where you get the time from, Kevin, but he's also done an iOS bit of research. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll try and find that and we'll link to that yeah, as well. Yeah, we'll, we'll find it and put it in the links below. Um, <clears> but yeah, uh, Kevin, who does the uh, Start Me, Forensic Start Me page, page. Uh, as well, which we, uh, we can link again to that yeah. as well, because it's a really cool page. Um, so why not? Uh, so great work, Kevin. Thank you again for all your work. Um, so we've got uh, Forensic Focus did um, a an article encouraging different perspectives in digital forensics. Uh, Krista sometimes does um, these kind of blog posts and yeah. stuff specifically from fo Focus rather than getting guests in. Um, and it's got uh, references a lot of papers um, talking about kind of bias and, and various other bits and pieces. Um, so it's actually quite a good read. Yeah. Very interesting. Lots and lots of links in there. Um, so feel free to go and have a look at that. Um, we've got, um, I thought it was quite interesting, there was some stuff again on Forensic Focus from Magnet talking about AFF4. Yeah. Um, so if you're not familiar with that, it's a forensic kind of file container format, um, kind of the, similar to EO1, but they're trying to explain during, uh, I think it's a transcripted video, so you can watch the video and it's got the transcript below it, um, trying to explain the benefits of AFF4 over EO1 and why it kind of is actually more efficient. Yeah. So I've not used AFF4, I'm not familiar no, with it. No, I've obviously seen it as options, but never utilize it but it's supposed to be quicker and you can start reviewing data whilst imaging i believe yes yeah. yeah yeah so and there's some time comparisons and there's some good examples and stuff yeah. in there so uh go go have a look at that if you're not familiar with it um then we've got this article the next one um was one that you wanted to bring up wasn't it yeah so it's in relation to some of the stuff that's going on in the background on ios 15 mm -hmm. and it's an app it's an actual article by Apple on their on their site about the machine learning mm -hmm. um, and how Apple uh, are doing things in the background when you leave your phone on charge overnight, and it's categorising the people in the gallery in your camera roll. Um, and when you have a look, the the latest version of XRY decodes some of that information um, and puts it into Examine, so people have now got a identification ID um, because Apple are basically assigning each face an ID and some of the stuff that they're detecting in these images is scary isn't it? It's terrifying uh, yeah Adam showed me the, one of the databases earlier and uh, there is uh, in the SQLite database you've got a table in there detected faces detected faces yeah um, and the amount of columns is just absurd mm. and it's it, you've got things like left eye shut yes or no right eye shut yes yeah. or no and ethnicity like, makeup clothing are they wearing a mask um, yeah and yeah. and the the swedish developers have done a really good job in finding that because now within examine you, you can find a face it will have an id and then you can filter on that id so it's really going to help the investigators yeah. out yeah so um go have a look have a read um yeah, really interesting piece. Yeah, so that was good. Good little find that one. Um, and then uh, our last article that we're going to mention uh, is actually from our 
well, our guest, yeah. Briggs, yeah. <laughs> um, with his interview with Forensic Focus, uh, talking about Python and coding and why it's so important and the way uh, he genuinely believes, and I think we, we agree very much the same, uh, that coding should be part of every forensic examiner's tool set and they should understand it so that you can understand the data better. Yeah. So uh, really good interview, really interesting kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah, and he sort of goes into the the time he gave so when we all first entered lockdown last year, Alan, mm. Alexa started doing um, forensic study classes, didn't he, for mm. Python? So yeah, so and they're all available um, on, on his YouTube, YouTube. Yeah. yeah, which we'll um, put a link to. We'll put a link to, and if you're on the DFIR Discord, um, if you're in the DFIR Discord server, um, I think there's a whole channel that's kind yeah. of dedicated to that, or sections of it. So um, yeah, so check it out. Um, and with that, shall we uh, cut over to see what? Yeah, sounds good. And we're on. We are on. We're live. <laughs> uh, welcome, uh, everyone, uh, all our listeners, to the latest episode. Are we episode six now? Episode six, episode six yeah. of Chewing the Fat um, with... Uh, I'm going to say it, the legend that is uh, Alexis Brittoni, <laughs> or Briggs, or Alex, or whatever, whatever you want, you want to call him, really. Yeah. <laughs> Some people might know it's the, the, the DFAR glasses guy, because of the, yeah. your avatar, your logo. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, that's fine. Le legend, not so much, but the rest, that's, that's pretty okay. <laughs> <laughs> and humble, too. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you're a legend to me, so I'm going to stick with it. <laughs> that, that, I appreciate that. <laughs> but thank you, thank you for for coming on the show. It's an absolute pleasure to have you. Um, oh, it's it's, it's an honor. Uh, I, I listen to to your avidly to your podcast. Uh, I really enjoy it. I, I tell people about it. So just me being able to be here, it's it's a it's a, it's an honor. Oh, bless you, thank you. <laughs> That's really yeah. I've got here actually. <laughs> that means an awful lot. Thank you. Um, I have to ask actually before we get started though. And now I've mentioned the glasses. Where did the glasses come from? Like the, the where did that come from? So, so a friend of my brother, he's like a you know, web designer, and he does all a creative type person. And I said, you mm. know, I wanna I wanna have like a little, kind of nerdy looking thing for you know, I'm trying to do some, uh, my uh, Twitter, post about nerd stuff that I like forensics. Yeah. And he said, nerd. There's nothing more nerdy than glasses with a tape in the middle. You know, when you broke them, <laughs> and you put tape around them. And yep. like, in the '80s, that was like a really like a yeah. a, a thing symbol. Mm. And he said, we're gonna make it like looks kind of like like eight bit type of design. And, nice. and I loved it. And I, you know, and, uh, that's that, that's the uh, the art, I guess that I awesome. use. So <laughs> awesome. Now we know. Yeah, little factoid for us. <laughs> <laughs> that should be in a quiz. That should be in a pub quiz. <laughs> it's all about being the the nerd life. Hashtag nerd exactly. Life. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they are like the glasses that from the the kind of um, kind of yeah. thug life, aren't they? Yeah, kind of properly. They do look like them a little bit. We should get someone to superimpose them on like so on you. <laughs> How many of those laptop stickers have you give out? Oh, uh, hundreds. <laughs> <laughs> we I have. Oh, sorry. Yes, talk about laptop stickers. We have just ordered um, some chewing the fat laptop stickers. So we'll get one sent out. We will get one sent to you oh, if you'd like one. I, I would love it. I, I will send some of mine back as well. So Amazing. We'll do an exchange. This is great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, we should probably talk about some digital yeah. forensic stuff, shouldn't we? Um, <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> rather than just random. Um, yeah. Uh, so, Briggs. I'm going to call you Briggs because. It, I don't, I'm, I'm now thinking of aliens as well. I'm like, yeah, Briggs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool as well. Yeah. I'm going way off topic. Um, <laughs> Briggs, uh, digital forensic examiner, FBI as well, of all things. Um, given, given that we try to run this pod a lot for a lot of newcomers into the industry and people kind of who are up-and-coming forensics, Persons or people moving into forensics from other disciplines. Um, I think a lot of people already in the industry will know of you, know of your work, know of the things that you do because you're quite active in the community. But for for those who might be a little bit newer, would you mind just kind of giving us a little bit of an intro? Tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got into forensics and and what it is that you do day to day? Uh, Absolutely. I appreciate you saying that. I mean, it's, it's hard, even though we try to be active, it's hard to gauge how much impact one makes. Um, so, you know, hearing that people use the, the stuff that I put out is, is really uh, encouraging. Um, I've been doing forensics, I would say, almost for about 10 years, more or less. A little bit less, but hitting the 10-year mark. Um, before that, I was doing just, you know, regular law enforcement duties with federal law enforcement duties in the United States with the Federal Bureau of Investigation, FBI. Mm-hmm. And when you're new in the bureau, um, you know, you get there with your suit on. They are like in the movies. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there's a walk-in, and you talk to the person that walks into the door. Or then a few minutes later, they say, hey, we're going to do a search warrant. You know, put your vest on. Let's go, right? <laughs> that, that type of thing. <laughs> um, welcome, to, welcome to the bureau. <laughs> yeah, which, 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 is, which is, I mean, it's not forensic, but I'll say it anyways. But I had a, this, this case where we were doing a, a stopping some uh, bank robbers. So hmm. p- part of my function being the new guy is to be inside the bank, and with the group was near in the bank, close the doors, right? Make sure they cannot get in. So the, the SWAT team can intercept them outside and neutralize the threat and all that, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I close the doors and then this last person walks in. And I'm like, who are you? Like, you know, last minute I couldn't ID the person. So, you know, I had to point him out on the floor and all that. And more things happened that I cannot talk about. The poor guy was innocent. We <laughs> 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 were robbers. Um, but I'm like, this is my first week. This is like crazy, right? And then fast forward 14 years, and that's the most exciting <laughs> event <laughs> in my career, you know. He <laughs> peaked on day one. <laughs> day one, yeah, in regards to, you know, kind of being in the middle of the thing. And, and of course, I mean, I, I say that jokingly, but also true. Um, mm-hmm. And in law enforcement, and folks that are new and might be interested in this career, you can take it anywhere you want, right? You can be an operator and do SWAT type of stuff, and, and that's good, right? That's not my thing. I, mm-hmm. did, I was able, lucky enough to be able to uh, transition after doing my my years of regular casework to then be specializing in digital forensics, right? And that's where the next part comes, you know, on my career where I've been lucky enough that my workplace has uh, given me internal training, has provided external training, and I have a background, uh, thankfully, from college, university, with dealing with computers, which uh, the FBI is really good at that. I mean, they they hire for what they need, Mm -hmm. um, which, again, it's like everybody does, but the Bureau is pretty good at that. So they, they thought ahead and said, we need people that know computers. We need people yeah. that know languages. I, I'm a native Spanish speaker. Yeah. Um, <coughs> they have you do the regular you know, functionalities of an agent, and then mm-hmm. they specialize in whatever you need. Hopefully that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's cool. That's awesome. Um, so, so did you kind of purposely choose to go into that digital forensics kind of world then? So I, I was doing cyber, uh, and the Bureau of Cyber is, uh, um, it could be intrusions, both uh, criminal and national security. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I stay away from the word hackers because <laughs> I believe the, the negative connotation should die because 
there shouldn't yeah. be anything not negative about the word hacker, right? Yeah. So, so I'm using the word intrusions uh, to mm -hmm. express that negative. People that intrude in systems they shouldn't be into, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I worked those for a long time, um, and then I was also working crimes against children. Which, if back a few years ago, if you were working computers, you were also working um, CSAM cases because they happen on computers. Uh, yeah, yeah. Now the FBI has kind of split it, um, and um, the CSAM cases are worked by uh, criminal division investigators because now the skill set they have it. And then cyber is mm. more specialized. They don't deal with those, deal with intrusions and stuff like that. Right. And then I had a decision to make. I was like, do I want to work intrusions the rest of my career or do I want to look into other fields? And that's where the digital forensics came in. The FBI has a program called CART, Computer Analysis Response Team, one of the oldest mm. uh, um, labs in the, in the world, actually. I mean, I say lab, but the concept of it, mm. of looking at digital evidence, one of the first in the world, um, a lot of history there. So I'm like, I want to be part of that team. So awesome. I, I did uh, show some work, put in for it. I got lucky enough that I got approved to get into it, and I've been doing that ever since. That's part of the car team. Amazing, amazing. Um, that's yeah, really cool. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I like that. And then, and then since then, um, I guess, guess with your digital forensics background, you've you've kind of got you are very active in in the digital forensics community, aren't you? Um, and you do a lot of a lot of things. And, and do you want to kind of tell people kind of this the stuff that you've developed? I mean, I'm going to say like A leap and I leap and yeah. B leap and C leap and D leap <laughs> and E leap and F leap, <laughs> and all, all the leaps. <laughs> And uh, it was uh, it was uh, I, I never planned to make it like like an alphabet soup. <laughs> it just came out like that, which actually I kind of like it. I, I think it's yeah. it's, uh, yeah. it's okay. It's pretty neat. <laughs> it's it's awesome. But yeah, you do you do so much for the community and and yeah, uh, kind of uh, what what kind of inspired you to get into that kind of doing that kind of community work? Um, to, I mean, to be really honest, that the first impulse was selfish in the sense that the stuff that I'm doing, I'm doing it for me, right? Because I need it. I need to do yeah. a parser for something or do an artifact or something. And um, Jessica Hyde, she, she's a founder at Exordia. Mm -hmm. She used to be digital forensics uh, director for Magnet. And she said, put that together and put it in, you know, do have like 20 random scripts, put them together, and people can use them too. And I said, you know what, that's a great idea. And she was the brainchild behind the whole XLeap thing. Um, but yeah, it started with me wanting to do it for my work. But then I started sharing it with other folks that they're like, had the same issue. Uh, folks that are close to me geographically, examiners mm -hmm. that I interact with. Yeah. And then I said, well, let's, uh, let's make a little blog and put it out there because maybe more folks can find value in, in some of this. And then after that, I, I, I had no idea how to use GitHub or send pull requests or none of that. I had yeah. no idea. So I started looking into it. And then I, have a, uh, I found out that some folks wanted to contribute. And that's the part that I really fills me with, with joy that I can see folks saying, look, we found something and we implemented it in one of the tools that you started because it's not my tool anymore. It's everybody's tool. Yeah, and that's been really gratifying. I have a core of four or five people that constantly put some put stuff in, uh, and I, I want to mention their names: Kevin Pagano, um, Yogeshka Three, uh, really works on that. Geraldine Bly um, also does, does some of that work. Mm -hmm. um, there's a whole bunch of folks that help out. Amazing, that's really cool. And and yeah, the I mean the the tools that you've written. I mean, I say it from behalf of the community. Thank you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and to all of your contributors as well because yeah. they're fantastic and, tools. And we'll put links. In the in the post to to your blog, which I've found incredibly helpful, like when you first um, ripped apart House Party. I remember reading that blog post mm -hmm. and 
yeah. into your favourite database, Phil? Yeah, Realm. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I never see another Realm database in my life. <laughs> and when I did when I did that app, I, uh, House Party was not was not the only one. I found a couple of other apps. I think Tinder was one, if I'm not mistaken. They have mm. a mix of Realm and SQLite. And mm. I'm thinking, this is the next thing, right? And I don't yeah. know about you. My impression is, what happened? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just, yeah, with the with the four mobile stuff, we did, uh, we've got a, fi- a file format handbook that's coming out as part of yeah. the project next year, I think. Um, and I had to write this Realm database chapter that I did with, with a, a, um, a very, very uh, clever lady over in uh, the Netherlands, the, the, uh, the NFI, um, who helped me with that. Um, Ginger, so thank you, Ginger, for all your help with that. Um, but yeah, it, it was so weird. I was looking at this database and, and kind of trying to work it out and, and kind of looking at the blog and kind of reading about it and thinking, yeah, this is the next big thing. And then I was looking for apps that used it. <laughs> I was like, what's well, happened to this? <clears throat> and I think because Mongo bought them out uh, and so now MongoDB own Realm. Um, and then I started looking through the documentation. I was like, guys, you've ruined this. <laughs> I, this makes no sense anymore. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. No, I, 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 what I've seen is a lot of JSON everywhere. And even and even JSON inside SQLite. A yeah. lot of that, um, as opposed to Realm. Um, so yeah. I've been doing a lot of JSON parses, which, I mean, to me, it's, e- it's easier. So I'm, I'm happy that that's yeah. becoming like a <laughs> broad standard, because it's easy yeah. to parse. Absolutely, yeah. I, the, the realm stuff because it's just like arrays and arrays and arrays and arrays, and it's just oh, it was horrible. <laughs> I'm glad it's not really that. <laughs> no, I, I think the blog, your tools, um, you know, like this podcast, it's just all about the community, isn't it? And it's about mm-hmm. sharing um, and like the fantastic work that's been done on the Discord server. Yes. That that site amazes me every day. Yeah, you know, the people coming together. Wonderful resource. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic, um, and yeah, and, and and just the way that the, uh, everyone's so open to supporting one another, and and uh, kind of like the I don't want to go into too much detail with it because as, as we were saying before we started recording, um, I know that you did a, an interview with Forensic Focus and, and Krista, um, which came out yesterday. Uh, yeah, eighteenth. Yeah, the eighteenth. Um, so, and we will put a link to that actually in, in the description as well for anyone who, who wants to kind of access that. And we don't want to kind of tread on that the toes and kind of repeat what was in that interview already. Um, but you were talking a lot about um, the Python tutorials that you've been putting together for people and kind of helping people learn kind of coding in forensics yeah. and stuff like that, which, uh, I mean, do you want to tell us just a, just a little snippet of that without... Um, oh, group- absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quote Alex... Alex Caithness, um, he's like a super legit guy, um, and he says, uh, learn to code because every artifact exists, exists because of code, right? Mm. And that's something that I think as examiners we should be moving towards to recognize that, look, these things that you're looking at came from code. You will be well served by learning how to code. Um, so yeah. you can actually in, in understand them in a deeper level and properly, right? And I also mentioned a little bit of, you know, a, adding to that some reverse engineering, which is my goal for the next couple of years because I'm really weak at that. Um, but yeah, having those, and I say Python because it's one of the more common programming yeah. languages, but you can mm-hmm. do it in whatever you want. The idea is to try to get as close to that uh, data. And I'm gonna go a little bit tangent here. Data is abstractions, right? Mm-hmm. Data, at some point that you see like, for example, a, a law, a SQLite database, behind that scenes is just electrons maybe in a disk, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Different states of, of, of magnetic force, right? Um, mm-hmm. So we're not, or, you know, we're not gonna go to the hex or the zeros. Sometimes we have to. 
We definitely don't want to go to the magnetic le- <laughs> No, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> don't want to go to the physical disk. <laughs> yeah, that's way too down there. Um, but try to get, as examiners, I think with code, we can get as close as we can get uh, into that abstraction and still make statements about reality that are intelligible, mm. right? That, that tell a story, that solve a case, that establish facts, or mm. disprove a lie, right? And, and sometimes by just depending on tool output, um, we cannot get that sense, uh, that yeah. context, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, we were um, talking about, uh, sorry, go on. Yeah, I'd, and I like the fact that the book that you recommended people use, because that was actually the book that I was told to get when I learned Python at university, so it still holds good, but, and I still recommend that book, Head yeah. First. It is Head First Python, isn't it? Yep, it is, that's correct. Yeah, because, yeah. and see if you remember this, that there's a picture at the start of that book, because it, it explains how it's, the different teaching ways used in the book, and yeah. it, there's a picture, and it says you will never forget this picture, but you'll forget the next line of text. Do you do you remember what the picture is? I don't remember. I don't. <laughs> and the theory falls apart. Yeah. It, it's a tiger. There's yeah. a picture of a tiger. It's on about page ten. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Yeah. They've got that in all the head first books actually, because mm. um, I had to do it for head first in um, oh, what was it? Um, ah, it's effectively coding models yeah. um, and, and applying coding models and stuff. I had to do that mm. for my masters, and mm. and yeah, it, it was just kind of reading that and then seeing the tiger and going, oh, yeah. okay, we'll see. <laughs> I think I think one of the first things I coded, sort of, that was useful in like back in law enforcement is I wrote a simple batch script that mm. used to run FTK Imager. And I used to get that to run, and then I was like, oh, I can add a second drive. I, you know, and then pretty much I'd hooked up every drive to my machine and just left it running. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then slowly over time I thought, well, I can add to this. I can start opening that text file and look for if the, the image is verified. And if it has verified, then I can branch and I can start IEF. Yep. And I was like, and all of this can be done without me sitting there at that computer. And that's how I started, like enjoying coding and just automating everyday things. And um, because of that, our computer backlog went to zero. Yep. Because yep. literally one person could run twenty machines and just run that batch script and start it on a Monday, mm-hmm. go back to it two days later when it's all processed. Well, and and, and part of my tooling, um, and this is how some other examiners also use it. Pretty much how I tell my tools to be used is uh, for triaging, right? Yeah. Um, because I want to automate. And, and do that funneling process, uh, make it faster. Uh, for example, if, if, I, if I can do 20 extractions, which one should I put my heavy duty tooling first, right? Um, because we don't have 50 dongles of a tool because, you know, at thousands of dollars a pop, we cannot afford <laughs> yeah. 50 dongles, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so my tooling does is I run them all in a couple of minutes, I look at the report, and I can say, okay, this phone is the one that I should focus on, and then take my expensive yeah. dongle with the tool that I want to do or use and then go from yeah. there, right? So it's all yeah. about automation. Like you said, narrowing down that, that data, uh, amount of data, funnel it down to the things you need to look at first yeah. yep. and take that backlog out. Uh, automation, and it's something that pro- as programmers, we're trained to think of ter- in terms of automation. Mm-hmm. Examiners, we don't, but I, I strongly believe that we should start um, in- ingraining that into the, the, the current and ju- newer generation of examiners, forensic examiners the need to automate more and more. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and with, with kind of doing your own scripts and, your, and, and kind of tying different tools together, especially open source tools as well, um, and as we were saying before, the, it, 
it means that the person running those scripts or writing those scripts understands what's happening and understands what's going on and uh, and it's like it's like with uh, your tools as well like um, being able to use things like a leap and I leap and actually having the open source tools there it means that the examiners can actually see what's happening and what's being run yeah. and how everything is being automated and, and effectively how those processes operate so that when they go to court they can say yep yes this helped auto this sped things up it automated it but I know exactly what it did yeah um, and, which and, 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 and also I want to mention something and it's the, the errors hmm. and we don't like errors. Nobody likes errors. Nobody likes to look at logs. Um, and a lot of a lot of our tools kind of hide when something goes bad. And I, mm. so my tooling, if something goes bad, I, I make the point of, of showing it. And the folks that code with me, I'm telling them, uh, uh, the listeners, if this doesn't make sense to you, don't worry about it. It's just to make a <laughs> <laughs> um, if you're using a try accept uh, within my my scripts, avoid those because if you're not ex handling the exception, you know. What's ha what happened? You know, it just goes through and doesn't tell me, let me know that something bad happened or nothing happened. Yeah. And there might still be data there, but the tool itself is just not letting me know that something wrong happened, right? So there's, I, I believe there's more value in the error data sometimes than the actual data that the tool finds. Yeah. yeah. And I also tell people, don't ignore the errors in your tooling. Uh, look at those. There, there might be a treasure hidden within something that didn't parse correctly or yeah. that the tool couldn't chew on. Uh, on that yeah. fat from uh, from lack of a better term, right? Um, there's no, exactly. value in there. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think you're you're spot on. There needs to be a lot more emphasis on teaching people to read those logs and understand those logs, and mm. actually kind of not like you say, not hiding the issues, kind yeah. of because you know we're, that's we're there to dig deep and to try yeah, and work and, out and, what's going and, on. And, and obviously, we need to qualify hiding. I don't believe the tools hide it, right? It's, it's an expression, mm. right? Because it's in, it's in the log, right? Yeah. But it doesn't it doesn't put it on the screen where I could see it unless I go to the logs. So I have yes. to take yeah. an, a, a voluntary step to do that. And let's be real here, most most of us don't don't do that, right? Yeah. Mm. Um. So I try to in as my my screen my tool is running. I try to put some of those. There's an issue. Put it right there. So at least yeah. you you see. Hey, I saw something pop up here. I need to then follow up on it. Yeah. So almost like a completed but with errors kind yeah. of message, just to say, yep, yeah, it's finished. It's done. But here's some errors. Come and go and have a look at them and see what's up and yeah I think there's a lot to be said for being very open and transparent and um, which I really like about about a lot of the tools um, that you've produced so and it, I think that you're you're quite passionate about um, making sure people aren't just entirely reliant on their paid-for tools their forensic tools aren't you you're quite passionate about getting people to understand what's happening in the background aren't you well and it comes from obviously from from personal experience right and, and thankfully, I haven't been burned by, by those things. And when I say burn is, I mean by that is, for example, we had a case, we put everything on a timeline, and one of the, the main uh, main uh, job descriptions of it's just putting things in timelines. That's examiners, uh, analysts, that's what we do, put stuff in timelines. Yeah. And uh, everything was pairing up, matching up, and then I had a, a mobile installation log working with uh, an examiner friend of mine, Geraldine Bly, and we're like, this app got uninstalled, uninstalled at these times, which break the timeline. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's impossible that he could do these things without the app being installed, right? Like, it makes no sense. Mm. And we looked at it, and the timestamp for that log, test file log that, uh, that is parsed by the tool, mm. it was offsetting it. So if you offset the timestamp in the tool to my time zone, which is United States Eastern time, it offsets all the times for that but that particular time could not be offset because it was already in Eastern time yeah 
So if you right. put an Eastern time on an Eastern time, now that uh, that is yeah. off, right? Yeah. And if they say if that phone is in from California, Pacific time, and you offset it to Pacific, the same issue, right? So uh, we call the developers and say, look, this needs to be fixed. So now the timestamp is an offset. It, they, they, it's local time, whatever that time was. So it's on you to figure yeah. out what the local time for the phone was at that time. Um, yeah. So we were able to then make sense of it. So we, had, we, we put the times where it needed to be kind of manually within the, within the time uh, line, and it worked. It was a paid tool, right? But tool is, is, is code, right? And code is made by humans. And humans, by definition, we're not perfect because perfection doesn't exist. Right? <laughs> it's an aspiration. It's a goal. <laughs> yep. um, it's, it's, it's a concept, but it's not a, it's not a thing. Um, so we, we cannot forget about that. Uh, either because our tools are paid and expensive doesn't mean they will not fail on you or not be aware of something that they need to be aware. And it's our yeah. job as examiners to make the tool makers aware of that um, mm -hmm. and, and not just be button pushers. I think we, we talked about that before. Uh, yeah. You know, we can Absolutely. automate things, but then our job, real job is not so much the automating and pushing the button, it's the actual verification, validation, making sure that the data go as close to the data as we can to make sure that it's telling mm. us the truth or truth yeah. I should say the that automation like you say it should be there to help speed up the process and kind of remove the need to do a lot of those manual tasks that could otherwise take a lot of time but then that the analysis part of things and the interpretation and adding context to data that's that's very much for the the examiner to do and, and for that analyst to actually try to do and, and that takes time to kind of an experience to look at and understand the data and make well, sense and, and, of it. And, and I think the folks that I talk to and even in at courts when I testify, I try to impress upon people that the tool the tool does is like is points directs my attention to things that I need to know about. Mm. Does that make sense? So the, the tool doesn't do the analysis and the tool can do correlation, can do timelines, can do many things. But what it's mm. really doing is pointing my attention, directing me to what I need to focus on. And then yeah, yeah. I am the one that does that. And we talked about this before. The tool doesn't testify, right? We testify if it's a court. If you have yeah. a, you know, if you're a stakeholder, you're working for a company and you're trying to explain what happened in an event or an incident, mm. you know, it's not the tool that tells the incident story, it's you, right? Yeah. So tools should be uh, pointers, uh, markers. They say, hey, look here, look there, right? Make it quicker and faster. And, and, but it's on the examiner, it's on you. And we cannot forget, forget that. If the answer is that the tool show it to me, get out <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're doing forensics wrong <laughs> and it's, it, it's it, that's that's the part of the that we need to work on and, and it's and it's an uh, it's a never-ending process because we're talking about realm database a second ago right mm. tomorrow there might be something else another new yeah. data structure database format it's a never-ending process which this is why i like about this field uh, you will never get bored no. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is one of the one of the reasons why I, I I kind of really try and shy away from referring to anybody as an expert in this field because we're all constantly learning and yeah. evolving and changing. And one minute you might be really really knowledgeable about kind of something that's very vital and important. The next minute, everything that you learn might be completely null and void <laughs> and obsolete, and you'll have to go and learn something else. And you'll be a, a novice at that and. You've got to kind of build that level of, of knowledge up again. Yeah. Um, so, so that's that's why I enjoy this industry mm. because it does change. Yeah, you, and that's why I started. So I did computer and phones in law enforcement, but I preferred phones because they were constantly changing. Mm -hmm. Where most computer cases I worked, someone would have pushed a white paper out that was still relevant to the artifacts. Mm -hmm. Whereas with phones. You could publish a white paper, but two weeks <laughs> later, it's out of date. You, yeah. you are a man after my own heart. 
I be, I strongly, this is my opinion, I strongly believe the future is going to be mobile-based, this whole thing about, you know, and intrusions right now, they're, they're really, you know, with ransomware, right? Ransomware in computers and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Ransom in phones and stuff like that, it's not going to be far behind. You know yeah. what I mean? And, 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 and businesses are going to start moving as capabilities, you know, go from phones to be able to have like virtual desktops in, in, in the air floating and stuff like that. <laughs> uh, be on Minority Report with everything kind of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> at least from at least from my 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 experience in law enforcement, the majority mm -hmm. of my cases is is, of, is phones, right? Yeah. The, like seventy percent upwards, it's phones. Other examiners have the same experience. Corporate still seems to be more server and um, endpoint based. Um, yes, seems to be, but I think they're going to catch up to law enforcement uh, eventually. Yeah, oh, I, I agree. I, I say it every single episode. I genuinely think that everything is agree with you completely. Everything's going to be virtualized. Everything's going to be up in the cloud. We're gonna, we're not going to be kind of getting kind of laptops and, and cutting, imaging the hard drives anymore. We're going to be kind of remotely pulling data from yeah. those kind of virtual virtual instances that are on a server somewhere. Yeah. Um, and I think phones are going to go the same way. I think eventually we're going to have dumb clients that we're just going to have that are just throwaway replaceable. Yeah. You're going to log into your little dumb client, and everything's going to be up in the cloud. And as things like five G become more kind of prevalent, and kind yeah. of we've got data access everywhere, everything's going to be remote. Um, I, I, yeah, I don't think we're going to be. I think I think acquisition and, and, and imaging of actual physical devices is going to die out. Um, I, I, I agree, and it's interesting you say that because my tool is really focused on the decoding and interpretation aspect. Mm. Uh, because I, you know, I, I, I don't talk about it that much, but I agree with you. I, I, I believe that the, the acquisition of the data um, is going to continue to converge, you know what I mean? Mm. Yes. Where it's going to become pretty, this is my opinion again, pretty standardized. But what people put into these instances, that's the part that needs to be, will be, need to be figured out, the, the decoding yeah. aspect, yeah. you know? Yeah, the analysis, like you say. And it's, I think there's a lot of, um, I mean, just from my experience from, from in being in training for, for the last few years, I think there's an awful lot of, there's gotta be a big shift in training and education from the very, very heavy analysis, uh, uh, acquisition training that kind of goes on. So we've kind of done kind of physical, logical phones, you've got chip off, you've got um, kind of live acquisition of data from laptops, Chromebooks, all that kind of stuff. I think all the training is focused on getting the data. We need more training and education and resources and, and tools like your, the ones that you've produced to kind of support the analysis side more um, as time goes on. Well, my, my, my pinned tweet in my, my Twitter account, um, mm. at Alexis Brignoni, um, it's, it's called Types of Digital Forensic Reports. It's a little kind of meme. That I love that. Yeah, <laughs> and I have one that says, one of the types of forensic reports is 20 pages on acquisition and one page on analysis and conclusions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and I come across reports like that, oh my goodness, you know, a, a bunch of times. And people, we want to check that out. I try to be humorous about it, um, <laughs> type of reportings, right? Um, and hopefully, yeah, like you said, uh, I've seen that, but I think that's going to continue to change. Yeah, I, th I think so. I think so. So, so from your experience, Edward, what's... Um, what do you see as the biggest challenge for digital forensics over the next kind of say five years? I would say that the biggest challenge now it's uh, dealing with encryption, um, mm. and uh, and it's a debate. Not de I shouldn't say debate. There, there is a, a philosophical uh, 
sides to that, right? And, and I understand that, right? Being, mm. being mean in law enforcement, I'm not uh, blind to the needs of privacy, and I support privacy, right? Yeah. Um, also, I understand the needs of being able to, to get the data to solve crimes because, uh, you know, breaking the law has no privacy rights. Does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If, <laughs> if you break the law, we need to investigate you. That's. Well, I mean, I mean, <laughs> if you're if you're harming others, uh, you don't have a right to hide that, right? There's no privacy yeah. rights to harming others, right? So how do we balance those? And I want to make folks clear because they hear, oh, this guy is a, is a cop, so you know he wants to get into all my stuff. I'm a, a strong. It's a personal. Uh, concept. I do not talk for the FBI. I do not represent the FBI. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm talking with my own opinion. I'm a really strong privacy advocate, and I understand those issues. Mm. And at, at the same time, uh, you know, um, I, ha I understand the need to to solve cases and protect everybody's rights. Um, the, the the right of privacy should not overpower safety of others, for example. And I think we can yes. we can all agree to that. Yeah. Um. So how do we do that? And I think it's fair that if if I can find a way to get into the phone, for example, and then be able to reverse engineer the app and get to the data, obviously with the proper oversight, proper legal requirements. In the mm -hmm. United States, the Constitution allows law enforcement to get to data if you have probable cause, if you know where it is, and uh, a judge oversees and approves it, right? And mm -hmm. you might not agree with that, and you have a philosophical, you know, against it, um, but mm -hmm. okay. <laughs> It, yeah. noted. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. the, the Constitution is clear. I mean, if you want to change the Constitution, then you're welcome to do it as well. It's a democracy, right? Um, but we, we have that authority, and, and, and it has to be properly done, right? Uh, hmm. You can't just break into us because you want to. Um, and, and, and if you're a police officer and you do that, you should go, in my opinion, you should go to jail, right? Yeah. Um, and no, follow the, the established procedures. And if I can get into the encryption. So recently, I've been um, implementing code from Matthew Regneri, he's from France, uh, a, a brilliant examiner expert, and he was able to, with all the pieces from a iOS, iPhone extraction, be able mm -hmm. to decode uh, ProtonMail uh, emails and attachments, which I, I did the implementation for the attachments yesterday off of his work. Amazing. Amazing. The, the capability is there, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Portal Mail might change their system to make it more secure so it's not vulnerable to our technique, and that's fair. And then we'll try yeah. to find a way to get into it, again, proper oversight, uh, law, search warrants, whatever it is, to, to help, help people. And I think that's yeah. a good balance. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's, the, that's, the, that's the whole thing, isn't it? It's, it's whether or not it's for the right reasons. And if you've got legitimate reasons that are looking to try and protect the public and, and kind yeah. of investigate criminality, then those are legitimate reasons. If you're just doing it because you want to spy on people and, and you're kind of doing anything nefarious, then yeah, then fair enough. They, they, those people should be stopped and put in jail, <laughs> like you say. Yeah, yeah, and, 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 and hopefully, I mean, I, I'm not going to go into this debate because debate then goes into, well, should developers, app developers, put ways for law enforcement to be able to defeat mm -hmm. that encryption on, yeah. on, on request, right? And that's a more yeah. thorny issue, right? That's I have my yeah. personal opinions on that, which I will not share. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair. Wise. <laughs> um, you know, my organization has their, their, their point of view, and, and other organizations have other points of view. Um, and mm -hmm. that's something that society will have to grapple, and law, lawmakers have to grapple, and, and we'll see where, where that ends. Yeah, I think we'll 
Yeah, very wise. We'll, we'll sidestep Park that. Yeah. Park that. <laughs> sidestep away from the challenging, difficult issue. <laughs> we'll avoid the complaints. <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll talk about it when it's not recorded. How about that? <laughs> yeah, once we've stopped recording. Yeah, yeah. yeah once we've stopped recording, that's fine. <laughs> and make sure it's definitely stopped as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that is, it's definitely a debate that could uh, you could kind of go into and just it, you, you'd never resolve it. I don't think that's uh, very very challenging. Let's let's go back though to 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 um, like the tools and the community and, and and things like that. If is there anything like for especially for new examiners, is there is there anything that you would kind of give them like advice and, and kind of uh, guidance on on where they can go if they were interested in kind of um, either using your tools or um, if they wanted to get into kind of helping support them or contribute to them is kind of how, how would people go about doing that so the, the, the thing I would say for newer examiners is um, it's like martial arts right um, you don't get you get to the black belt after you master all the basics right and a black belt doesn't make you an expert it just lets people know that you master the basics okay yeah so what does mastering the basics mean? First, you need to understand you know, what your link files are, if it's Windows, right? What your plists are in, as a concept, what are key value pairs. Understand that. When you understand that, then you can say, okay, how can I go the next step and is try to manage those myself? So do that basic understanding. Um, it's, it's my opinion. It's hard to be an examiner, a new examiner, and then try to code straight up. I would recommend put some time in to understand your artifacts, understand your tooling, um, your file systems have that baseline of knowledge. When you have that baseline of knowledge, then the next step is you, you're a tool user. So how can I be a, 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 an analyst of the data and a tool developer, right? So that's the next step. So I recommend Python because it's it's um, it's ubiquitous. Has many libraries that will help you. Um, and if people are surprised to know that Python is. 30 years old. <laughs> so, I did not know that until I watched your interview with Krista. I didn't know that. <laughs> and you say, oh, Python, that's like super, you know. And no, actually, it came out to, I remember back in the day, I also, also did a little bit of Perl developing. And, mm. and I did not like Perl, so I started doing some PHP, which back in the day was the thing. Mm. Yeah. And, and Python was kind of scripting language to kind of supersede, in my opinion, Perl. And now it's become this big thing. I think this month, it just reach, reach uh, the user index, the top of the user index above uh, C, C++ or C Sharp and Java for the first time yeah. in whatever, 20 years. Wow. And I'm just saying that because that's what I recommend, but you don't have to. You can use Ruby, you can use whatever you want. The, mm -hmm. the idea is, is for you to say, okay, I know what my artifacts are, I know what a plist is, I know what an XML file is, I know what a text file is, right? How can then I can manage those myself? How can I identify them, open them, read what's in it that I care about, and then change format. Make it something that somebody can get value out of it. Value yeah. mm -hmm. could be an Excel spreadsheet with all the chats lined up line by line. Value mm -hmm. could be a map, a KML uh, uh, file that you can put in Google Maps and shows all the geolocation points in a map. Yeah. Value mm -hmm. could be, hey, all these, these entries in this log have timestamps, I'm gonna put them in a SQLite database. So the next person can do queries on it, right? Yeah. It's, a, it's transformation. You're taking data from one <coughs> format and put it in a format that's digestible for others. And, and there's a lot of, you know, hopefully that makes sense. So if you're beginning, yeah. again, recapping, understanding the artifacts, start understanding how to open uh, those with, the, with Python, for example, pulling stuff out and then saving it as something else. If you do those four yeah. steps, 
you'll be amazed of how much you can achieve. Um, and I have resources for that. I have a little video on my YouTube channel on, first of all, how to run Python, because it's hard to learn Python if you don't even know how to run it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a <very> good point. <laughs> how about running a script first, right? So run the scripts. Obviously, it goes with installation. I've installed it, run the scripts. After you get mm -hmm. that done, I have a series of videos on how you can learn how to code um, really forensic-focused, uh, digital forensic-focused. Mm. And, and you can get some, some of those. There's books abound. But the real learning, and we're talking about it a second ago, is by doing, right? Yeah. Um, reading is good. Being told is good. Doing is best. Um, yeah. And that's how you actually learn, by, by doing. Yeah, and, and yeah, it's it's great fun and when you're kind of doing the, your coding and then trying to get something to work. And you're just like, why isn't this working? Yeah. And then problem solving and then working out how you can fix yeah. it. And, and that, I always recommend people to use... Um, the great images that Josh Hickman put together, because mm. you you've got known data sets yeah. to to search for, and yeah. you know what should be there. So absolutely, yeah, he documents them so well, so you can just pick them up and just go right. What should be in here? What can I find? Yeah, um, and, and and that's a good point in regards to sharing, being part of the community. You don't have to just code, right? You can create images. You could say, look, I understand what this script does. I'm going to write a little tutorial on how to use it or mm. this artifact, the output of this, let's say, iLeap I, I gives you a, an XML report. Well, you can say, okay, I wanna make a little article that goes into that report and gives it more context, okay? Mm. Heck, if you see, which you, which you will see, a lot of typos in my stuff, <laughs> <laughs> tell me and I, so I can fix them, right? And yeah. that provides value to the community. So don't feel that, well, if I don't do something that's brand new that nobody's seen before, I cannot contribute. You can. Um, and there's many things you can do it, and you'll be surprised. Some of the things I appreciate the most is not not even the new code or new artifacts, is uh, letting me know and letting people know the meaning behind an output. How can they get value off of it? How how you used it in a case? How useful yeah. was for you and others? And that to me has even more value than a brand new artifact. Sharing experiences and helping others learn and, and mm. develop as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and which kind of is why the DFIR Discord is so great because I know you've put a lot of stuff on there about your Python tutorials and there's, I think there's a channel for it, isn't there? Uh, so in, in my, my YouTube channel has a, a playlist for the, for, the, for the class so that way you don't have to hunt mm. it down in the channel. Go to the, uh, the playlist and there's one for mm. the Defer Python study group. Perfect. Um, so yeah, and then and then in that Discord uh, community, you can kind of start talking to people. You can chat. You can share experiences. Yeah, there, there, there's a room for, for that for the Python group, but there's also other rooms for the one that I hang out the most is the coding. Again, it's kind of like my thing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> acquisition. I'm I'm the worst. <laughs> I like people to give me the stuff, and then I'll look at it. And I'm not yeah. gonna pull it out for you. <laughs> yep. Fair. Fair. <laughs> But that's it, and and just kind of encouraging people not to necessarily feel like they need to be a lurker in this community, but to actually talk and chat and kind of just say hi to people and, and yeah. get involved. And, 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 like and, you say, and, if, and even if you're lurking, right? If you're mm. by reading, there'll be people coming up with questions that I've never thought of. Like you know what? That that's good to know. And and I yeah. follow the thread, and and I at least I put a thumbs up so they know that I appreciate that 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 line of, of questioning. Exactly, yeah, exactly. So, um, so yeah, anyone listening, if you're not on DFIR Discord, go, go get signed up. We'll put a, we'll put a link in so they can yeah. go, go join that. Perfect, perfect. Awesome, awesome. Um, and also, I just want to cover, 
I'm going to say my favourite line of the show. Yeah. I'm very conscious of time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I'd, um, am I right in thinking? And, and correct me if I'm wrong. Um, and apologies if, if, if I get mis- mixed up here. But is I leap and a leap and that there? There's integrations for autopsy now, isn't there? That is correct. That's uh, that's mm. uh, work that Mark McKinnon did. Also a, a great examiner. Um, I owe him a lot as well. Uh, he's been doing some for Chromebooks as well. Um, but again, obviously, the, 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 that's one of the things I like about the open source tooling is that I can iterate faster than you know, other tools. And yeah. Autopsy is, is open source, but um, they follow the proper software development cycle. <laughs> yeah. So they yeah. make sure things are done in a certain way, which they should and they do. So that's why development yeah. is a little bit slower than, let's say, uh, us. Like, you know, I have an yeah. artifact mm-hmm. that I need today. I have, in a few hours, I cranked it out. Um, mm. So, but they have implementations for some artifacts already from Alip and Ileap, and not all of them. If you're going to run the tooling through Autopsy, make mm. sure you check the plugins folder because it will give you all the output that m- my tooling gives you, which the Autopsy interface might not have. So, Autopsy yeah. interface will have a whole bunch, but not mm. all of them. And that speaks to the point of, you know, we need you to be part of this community, and you can add some of those, that mapping between. Aleep and autopsy. Mm. P- if people could work on that, uh, that would be awesome. I, 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 so, I, I only have so many hours in a day. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And you, you do all of this in your spare time as well, don't you? So it's, it's not even part of your job. It's like this is kind of all stuff you do for the community and, and for others. So um, yeah, so call to arms if anyone can help. <laughs> oh, I, I, all that stuff. And and, and, um, I, and I try to keep my code like like the Goldilocks, uh, right? Neither not too hot nor too cold, right? Because if you made the code and your thing really advanced and complex, it's, it's, it's a barrier for entry, right? Yeah. If you make it too, too simple, it's, it's going to lose functionality, right? So mm-hmm. I want to tell folks that you know, hopefully the stuff that we build is, you know, Goldilocks porridge, hopefully. <laughs> so don't, don't <laughs> be afraid. <laughs> so in your, when you've been taking these um, sort of forensic tutorial in Python, have, ha, how much have you learned from some students because I, I know that I've taught Python to people mm. and I've got how I would code it down in front of me and some of the ways people tackle the same problem amazes me yeah did, yep. did you find any of that from those so so before I started the course I had to talk about talk about Yogesh Katri he worked in South Australia and doing tremendous work there in the private sector and he was a mentor with me in Python. He, he really looked at some of my code and said, this is good, but maybe you want to consider this. And then I'm like, yeah, what I just showed you is trash. <laughs> 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 this, is, this is such an improvement. Um, um, so I owe him a lot. And I've been lucky enough to have good mentors. And if you have a good mentor, appreciate their, their, their contribution to your life. Um, they come mm-hmm. to your life, and obviously they leave. But what they gave you remains, and, and be conscious mm-hmm. and appreciative of that. Now, in regards to students, I, I, I learn a lot, right? Um, at the, at the newer students, I learn how how overcomplex sometimes our thought process is when you not, don't understand all the tools. For example, let's say you know you have a, a, a spoon, and you mm-hmm. have a fork, and, and you have a nail, and there's a hammer, but you don't know it's there. <laughs> And, yeah. and let me tell you, you put enough pressure with that spoon, eventually you can put that nail in. <laughs> or you can use a hammer, right? So I've seen students using, using uh, spoons, which is kind of funny because that creative process of using that spoon leads me to other things that I didn't yeah. think about before. Does that make sense? So it, it, yeah. 
I, I know my analogies are really convoluted, but it, folks, hopefully you're following. Don't feel afraid if you're pushing nails with spoons. <laughs> there's, there's value there too. And whoever's listening to this, if someone listens to this analogy midway, they'll be like, this guy is, in, is insane. <laughs> we've, we've lost it. We've gone yeah. off. <laughs> Amazing. There's value pushing nails with spoons, all right? Yeah. <laughs> Eventually, you'll learn how to use a hammer. <laughs> okay, we, ne- we have to get we have to get some laptop stickers done with just like some spoons pushing against some nails. It's like coding is life. <laughs> no, but there's, there's value in the in the process. So I, there's this meme that I like, and somebody said it. The meme is like a m- m- code and it shows a pigeon, and the mm. pigeon's about to fly, but instead of flapping its wings, it starts cranking its neck. And it cranks it so fast, it works like a helicopter. <laughs> so the, 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 the pigeon is flying, like going like a, cop, a chopper, right? With his head going around. I mean, it's flying, right? So I guess the purpose was accomplished. So there's no wrong way of flying as long as you're flying, right? <laughs> yeah, I like that. I've got this brilliant image in my head now. Yeah, so, I've got the helicopter noise in my head now as well. <laughs> and, and I like that. Some of my code is like that. Um, but then we refine it and we learn how to use our wings. But hey, we, we learn how to make a, a, a chopper out of a, of a pigeon. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Uh, a, that's another sticker going yeah. there. <laughs> that's it. I'm going to get these made. That is it. <laughs> If there's anyone listening out there who's a graphic artist who wants to do us a really cool, yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I, we'll take I, I, it. I know a guy. I know, I know Kevin. If he's listening, he, he might get him motivated. We'll, we'll see. Nice. Let's, yeah. let's see if we can. Yeah. <laughs> Please, Kevin. <laughs> oh, amazing. Um, right. I am very conscious of time now because we've we've still got some more parts of the show to record, and yeah, we're kind of fifty minutes in now. Yeah. Um, it's just so easy just kind of talking about this stuff it's just how we just lose track <laughs> it's all the spoons and the, and the, and the pigeon choppers that's yeah. it the pigeon choppers and the spoons and the nails that's <laughs> yeah, the really relevant digital forensic stuff that might have to be the title of this one actually uh, spoons of nails and pigeon choppers yeah. <laughs> a chat with Briggs <laughs> Oh, uh, well, um, I think we're, we're probably going to have to, unfortunately, call at least for the recording anyway, uh, call it call this to a close. But um, Briggs, thank you ever so much yeah. uh, for your time. It has genuinely been such a pleasure. Oh, <laughs> really good fun. Th- thank you for having me. I, again, I, I'm a big fan of the show and an and honor again to, to, to be part of it. It's a, it's a highlight. Gosh. I appreciate it. No, thank you. Thank you. It, it genuinely means a lot to, yeah. to hear that. So thank you ever so much. Um, but yeah, thank you so much. And uh, if, if ever you want to come back on the show, then please just you know reach out. Let us know uh, if you've got anything you, anything you want us to advertise or talk about and kind of tell the community about. Again, also just let us know. We we yeah. can be a voice for you if you want. I'm, I'm, I'm going to recommend at some point you know uh, do a, like a, an episode where you bring three or four folks that you bring in the past, like a like a panel thing. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that, yeah. I, I think that would be fun because that, and it's more of me just to say that I've been a part of a panel with Josh and, and a few other things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we should totally. Well, we keep t- we keep saying that at some point we actually want to do a show where we'd like live at an event or something like yeah. that, and we'll just bring a sofa with us and we'll just sit yeah. and we'll just record stuff while we or just do live kind of chats. Yeah, because thankfully, like we're allowed to fly to the US as of next month. Yeah. So yeah, maybe we can. Yeah, if anyone wants to invite us to a show, we'll do a live gig just putting it out there yeah <laughs> absolutely the, the, the universe will make it happen you'll see fingers crossed that'll be great <laughs> but um yeah Briggs thank you ever so much again yeah. and uh 
yeah, uh, take care and please don't be a stranger. Absolutely. <laughs> Thanks, Briggs. And that was Briggs. Yeah. <laughs> who, would have, who would have known about pigeon? <laughs> yeah. a helicopter. Pigeon helicopter. Yeah. Um, what was it? Spoon and a nail. Spoon and a nail. Yeah. Yeah. I, I still want to get that t-shirt made yeah. up. That's yeah. That's got to make an appearance at yeah, some point. Totally. <laughs> it's got to make an appearance. Um, such a nice guy as well. Yeah. Um, really nice guy. Yeah. So Briggs, thank you ever so much for your time. Honestly, it was really good fun. Um, but he did give us a faux pas, didn't he? He did. He did. We um, encouraged. Yeah. We yeah, encouraged. Encouraged. Yeah. Strongly encouraged. <laughs> Um, so, without further ado, uh, yeah. let's cut over to that. Okay. Briggs, you're back. <laughs> you, are, well, you are back. We couldn't let you go yet. <laughs> There's one more very, very important thing that we need to ask you. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's go. that, that part of the show. Um this is obviously, and for those people who are new to the show who haven't listened to it before, we've got our forensic faux pas, where we ask our guest whether or not they are willing, and they don't have to, we don't force them, we don't coerce them, <laughs> whether they are willing to share a faux pas of something forensic related where something has gone horribly wrong, because we, we all do it, we yeah. all get it wrong. <laughs> no, I, I wasn't forced, I was strongly I encouraged. <laughs> <laughs> oh you're back you're back right, I don't know if go. that came on the recording or not no. yeah no. you're back um, it's alright we'll leave it in it can be, be yeah live bloopers that's fine yeah. <laughs> hey, you know, um, we got we got a four power right here let's, let, now we're going to add one more yeah <laughs> exactly so uh, so Briggs would you please grace us with your forensic faux pas whatever it might be well, um, I, I hope it's something that people can relate because uh, it's my belief that most people do it. And if they don't, then don't tell me. <laughs> Let me believe that it's widespread. <laughs> it wasn't just me being, uh, you know, a genius in reverse. Um, so I had this case, right? And um, back in the day before I had my, my first TD3, if you're not familiar with that, it's Tableau's little yeah. box and you can copy disk. Mm-hmm. Now I have a TX, TH, TX1, I think it is the name. Right, yeah. Yeah, and I, I love those boxes. I don't image with anything else anymore. If it's hard drives or yeah. thumb drives. I digress. Mm-hmm. The point is this. Before <laughs> I got that equipment, I used to do my uh, imaging on my forensic desktop or server, whatever, mm-hmm. with FTK Imager, right? You put your write blocker in and you start imaging. And after you image your stuff, you process and work your cases. So I have my case and I image the drive and I process the evidence. And I'm starting to go at it, and I'm like, hmm, this, I've seen some of this data before. This data is from this other suspect. <laughs> this is interesting. There must be something to it. And the thing that was to it is that I imaged my own hard drive from my forensic machine. I'm like, okay, a genius. Let's scrap the whole thing. <laughs> and, and you've seen it. It's FTK select your source drive it's yeah. like yep. a whole bunch of little lines and yep. if you're not really careful you don't click yeah. the right line mm-hmm. the it tool image is whatever you pointed to that's it it starts off it defaults to your own drive it does, doesn't it yeah. and, and you can yep. easy, easily click next and not realise and uh, yeah it's. I think we've all we've all been there in yeah. some way shape or form oh, yeah. like, this, I, I, this person's got forensic tools what are, what are they what <laughs> yeah. are they doing <laughs> oh yeah no, and, and in my case I, I because it, it was a, a CSAM case so I narrowed down on the images and I'm like I've seen this this other suspect 
what is he doing on my other suspect's computer? <laughs> <laughs> is, it, is, it, is it like a ring of criminals? I'm covered a ring. So when you get the boss in, you're like, boss, you've got to come look at this. I think there's, <laughs> there's a conspiracy going <laughs> on here. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, it must be a big case. No, it was me just not clicking the right buttons there. It's me being uh, <laughs> as attentive. Um, so, and I guess there's a lesson there, right? Um, yeah. For your validation and verification. Even if you follow your procedures, always have at least a sanity a sanity check mm-hmm. especially if you're gonna hand it over to somebody else because yeah. you could sometimes you just image it and you don't do the analysis you just hand it over yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. I mean? and then somebody else does the analysis so make sure you do a sanity check on your stuff look at your source drive log yeah you know what i mean absolutely yeah <laughs> so there I, we go. i've definitely done it oh yeah it's a rite of passage yeah, yeah absolutely if you haven't imaged your hard drive are you even doing forensics exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. yeah oh brilliant thank you ever so much for sharing that um i really hope that if there's any new people listening then it just gives them the reassurance yeah. that it's okay <laughs> it does happen even and, the best and, of and us if you, and if you haven't done it now you can avoid it yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or give it a try because you know everyone wants that yeah like do it like last thing on a friday just before we were gonna go home you know? <laughs> <laughs> as, as long as long as you don't confuse the source with the destination Yes. You'll be fine. Yeah. Okay. Don't oh, yeah. do that one. And I've been paranoid about not doing that one. So don't do that one. And all the other ones are all allowed. <laughs> it's like, it's like the, the forensics kind of equivalent of always wearing protection, isn't it? So it's like always wear a right, a right blocker, kids. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> always use a right blocker. <laughs> you don't want to well, suffer it, the consequences. Well, and, and the, 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 TX, the TX ones, right? You have a side that's right block and a side that's not, right? Make yeah. sure yep. you know your sides. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Make sure you source, destination, absolutely yeah. spot yeah. on. <laughs> yeah. Especially if you're doing like a drive wipe or something. Or yeah. Like, yeah. Cloning oh, or whatever. Just, yeah. <laughs> Get that correct. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, Briggs, thank you ever so much. Yeah, uh, thank again, you once again. It, it's been an absolute pleasure uh, having you on the show, and uh, we'd love to have you back sometime. Um, I'll be, I'll be honoured. I would love to. Thank you so much. Amazing. Yeah. Cheers, Briggs. Thanks ever so much, and you look after yourself. Bye-bye. Take care. Cheers. Hard drive again. Yeah. I mean... Yeah. And see... Even legends, even legends, make faux pas. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, <laughs> bless him. <laughs> um, once again, Briggs, thank you, uh, thank you for to you guys, the listeners, uh, yeah. for for tuning in and and kind of all the wonderful support yeah. that we keep getting. And we did at the end of the last show put out a Twitter poll mm-hmm. asking, should we do video or just audio? Mm-hmm. And very unhelpfully, it was fifty fifty. it was it was literally 50-50 so um, we're going to have to still do both for a while yeah oh well (laughs) mine's more work for you yeah well (laughs) and we get to have a meet up so it's good it does yeah Yeah. we can can meet here and and kind of yeah actually sit together yeah and um, we are hoping Mm. possibly next year to do a live one we'd love to do a live one yeah yes um Hopefully, an event somewhere like one of the forensic events or yeah. something. Um, we don't mind where it is. Uh, anyone yeah, want or, to invite us? Or, yeah. <laughs> Alexa said about going over to the US, didn't he? So we could go mm-hmm. to I don't know Florida or Hawaii. Yep, somewhere really nice. Yeah, 
uh, please feel free to let us yeah. come. <laughs> it will be, be painful, but we'd take one for the team. We, we would, yeah, yeah, we would, yeah. Twist, it, twist our arm, we'll, yeah. we'll do it. Yeah, um, and and we'd give you a free chewing the fat laptop sticker. Exactly, so. exactly. You can choose from one of the two options <laughs> yeah. as well. There's, you know, yeah. <laughs> why would yeah, they can't have both? Just one. Can't have yeah. both. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> to get both, you have to be a guest that comes on twice. Oh, oh. That's a good one. Yeah. So maybe we have to give all the guests the same one and who come back and get yeah. the second one. Incentive to, yeah, incentive to get them back. Mm. Yeah. Like, I, I like it. Yeah. I like where your head's up. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, Ex-law enforcement, you get nothing for free. <laughs> no. <laughs> we also need to make sure they just we don't leave them lying around. Yeah. Like, because they will go. They will do, yeah. Like law enforcement. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Any of the coppers out there, you'll know. If we say like just a black biro mm. just left on the side, yeah. it will be gone. Yeah. Uh, the best. The best story. And apologies to my ex colleagues who know this one. Um, <laughs> police uniform. So we were on night shifts, and my colleague had his flat cap mm-hmm. and when we used to start our shift this is when I was back frontline policing we used to leave our kit bags by the back door so we were ready to go straight ready after go. the briefing mm. so his kit bag was there with his flat cap on top and we went up to the briefing and briefing generally lasts 10-20 minutes yeah. and when we come down his flat cap had gone which is common practice in the police so it is yep. Yep. Um, so he was mightily annoyed he ended up having to do a report and um, basically to get a new pit kit new yep. bit of kit because yep. you either had to return damaged or you had to justify why you lost it yep. and got a slap on the wrist mm. so he did that and roll on the next set of shifts his new flat cap had come and we did our usual routine kit bags at the back door his flat cap on top of his bag and when we come out of briefing his brand new flat cap had gone <laughs> but the old one was back in his place was <laughs> <laughs> Typical police. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's one of my favourite stories. I like that. <laughs> Good work. Um, and on that note, yes. Um, thank you to our listeners and viewers and how, whichever platform you're you're on for this. Um, yeah, we look forward to recording the next one. Hopefully, you've enjoyed the show. Um, and uh, yeah, we look forward to seeing you next time. Yeah, thank you. Thank you.